With the kind of heat and humidity we've had this past summer, most people are pouring on the air conditioning. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of August the 2nd, 2012. Our subject today is slowing down the electric meter, and as you will see as our conversation develops, it's quickly going to get to the air conditioner and the heat pump. But we thought this was probably a good time because so many of us are struggling with those high electric bills these days to sort of talk through the strategy we have used to keep our electric bill under control. Yes, we we know that most of our friends have power bills that are absolutely going through the roof right now. It's um, especially bad in the south, but although, you know, the heat wave is actually extended through many parts of the country, not just... The deep south, you know, the, in the east and Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, it's been, they've been suffering. So, and, and of course, a lot of people who are unaccustomed to these kinds of summers don't even have air conditioning. But down in the south land, we do, and we're used to uh, the way it feels when we're indoors with the air conditioning on. Um, the problem is, of course, as we've talked about in so many of our podcasts, is that not only will the price of supplying electricity become astronomical we think that electricity is going to become more expensive fairly quickly yes because we are uh, a lot of our electricity comes from coal and despite what you keep hearing about our having 250 years worth of coal we're closer to peak coal than most people realize and coal is going to become much more expensive we're already past the peak when it comes to the energy potential of coal. The only th- only way in which we haven't already reached peak coal is in the sheer tonnage of the rock we're burning. So That's right. And, of course, along with that will be less reliable service from the grid because it'll go down with you know the population's increasing, the demand will increase, uh, climate change, there's that issue. And as the summers get even more and more brutal, uh, then with the increased demand and what you're saying, the, the dec- decreased supply, brownouts and blackouts are inevitable. Interruptions in service. Now, you pay more attention to our monthly power bill than I do. Uh, what's our average bill? You know, it's about, it's in the 60 to $70 range. Well, I say six, like 65, 67 to 70 something, depending on the time of year. Of course, it's lower in the wintertime. Uh, the highest it had been in the summer, even with an occasional little blast from the window unit, has, has been in the $70 range. Um, but this past month, the power bill, and I know you asked me about average, but we might as well talk about what it's been doing this past month. Our service ran from July, I'm sorry, from June 24th to July 23rd. That power bill was $107. That's the most it's ever been. However, that being said, we had about a week here toward the end of June when Adrian and I were here by ourselves and she wanted, and it was really hot. We were in in the hundreds uh, that week and she wanted to run the air conditioning and it made it easier for her to and sleep you and, agreed. and I agreed so we, we turned the window unit on 
and ran it most of the time. We'd get up in the morning and turn it off because we didn't need it then. But by late afternoon, early evening, we were turning it back on. And then about a week, what, we'd say around the... About the 1st of July. Yeah, first part of July, we started running the heat pump off and on again in the lodge because it was nearing completion. We had workmen up there. And then ultimately... Um, Adrian and Eli moved in there, and we would go up and have supper with them, and the heat pump, the, the air would be on. And they wanted to have the air conditioning on, right. and we wanted to wanted yeah. our guests to yeah. be comfortable, so we kept the heat pump running most of that month. Right, and so I guess this is not where you probably see the con- want the conversation to head, but I'm saying that if $107 is what you pay per month to keep cool using the air conditioning, I'd say we're much better off than most people. Well, I don't have any question we're much better off, and and I will take a lot of the credit well, for you that. You should, because it's the way you designed these it's structures. It's the way we have designed yeah. the barn and the way we have designed the lodge that make them so easy to keep air conditioned, you know, to keep the cool. Right. I'm, I'm not saying this right. To keep cool with the heat pump. Um. And, or anything, or even the fans, and I'll whatever. include a, a link on the show notes page to the Longleaf Breeze building method. But it's a it's a series of strategies that we have applied both in the barn and the lodge, and they are working remarkably well. They really are to keep the the buildings comfortable in the winter, as well as in the summer. Um, so let's talk about what you and I do to. Uh, keep our power bill under control. Um, I think okay. it's somewhat helpful that both of us are by nature disposed to turn the lights off and turn appliances off when we're not using them. That's right. We do try to do that. And um, if something, well, a fan that's left on when nobody's in the room or a light left on or um, using... I don't. I'm just trying to think of other appliances that might be well a TV a running TV when running. nobody's yeah, there. Yeah, we're both pretty good about that. Although I will chew on you occasionally about falling asleep with the TV running. Um, I'm bad about that. We calculated <laughs> that our full, you know, TV, VC, DVR, receiver, subwoofer array mm-hmm. in the apartment here in the pole barn pulls about 250 watts when it's running. Yeah. And, you know, 250 watts is a whole lot of juice. And I will continue to pressure you to do a better job of turning it off when you lie down in bed, right. not to have it running. Because when you turn it on and then fall asleep, it's three or four hours later before I That's wake true. up and turn it off. However... I usually have the intention of staying awake to watch John Stewart or whatever else, and I just, and, the, I get, I and get three sleepy. or four hours later. I wake up and the TV's running. Yeah. So, so. and we we did experiment briefly with a timer, uh, for all of that, and just couldn't figure out a way to make it work. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's one area where we lapse. But basically, we're pretty good about that. And and then our building, both here in the apartment and in the in the lodge, we've used. Um, compact fluorescent light bulbs instead of incandescent. Yeah, we have, uh, I, to my knowledge, we have three incandescent light bulbs in the whole farm array here, and they're over in the shop where I have, well, I guess you've got incandescents yes. over your little vanity light. Right. You know? We had some so inexpensive, we, we had some inexpensive um, vanity lights put in there, and 
and at some point we'll convert yeah. those over to right. uh, compact fluorescence. But everything else is already converted out of incandescent, and that too makes a difference at a cost, though. And let's talk a little bit about the dimmer issue. Um, right now, up in the lodge, we don't have a way to dim those lights in the gathering room. That would be handy yeah. if we could do that. What we've done as a substitute for that is we're putting a couple of lamps in here and there in the gathering room right. so that when we need mood lighting, when we need sort of low-level ambient lighting, we can use those mm -hmm. lamps and turn the overheads and off. And is the problem you just can't use a dimmer switch with compact fluorescence? With compact that, fluorescence, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, um, but, but they look good. I mean, when they're on, you can't, they don't look different they don't look weird i mean for people who maybe haven't used compact fluorescence they're just it looks very nice in there so. once they're warmed up yeah now we will have to confess that when you turn on those compact fluorescents in the gathering room and in the bedrooms for that matter there's a period of four minutes or so when they look really dim and you're mm -hmm. thinking golly that's not much light at all yeah. but you give it three or four minutes and they are as bright as you'd want them to be. Um, and they, that, that's working well. Now, I want to have a conversation about wall warts because there's a lot of conversation on the Internet about wall warts, like they're the enemy number one. The, by wall warts, what I'm talking about is your um, iPhone charger, your cell phone charger, your computer charger, your mm -hmm. um, what else do people have hooked up? Bluetooth there. charger. Yeah, their Bluetooth, their... Um, TV that's turned on. Uh, we've got a, a vacuum cleaner that charges and it sits there and it's, you know, sort of staying charged 24 hours a day. Uh, your printer stays powered yeah. up even though it's on standby. It's still using a little bit of mm -hmm. juice. Um, there's coffee a pot. Coffee pot, exactly. And I must admit, I obsessed over that stuff when we were first planning the, the buildings here. With the help of that kilowatt, though, I was quickly able to realize the wall warts are not the problem. Just quit worrying about wall warts. We're talking about, you know, two watts here and three watts there and one watt there. That is not going to cause a problem. Your problem is going to come from two big killer appliances. The first is the electric clothes dryer. Yeah. You and I uh, hooked up an electric dryer, and we still have one available and yes. do occasionally need to use it. We do occasionally use, use it. it, yes. But mainly we use the clothes line, and that is working well. It requires that you have a little bit of sensitivity about old soul have to yeah. sort of know when it's going to be a sunny day. You have to sense when, uh-oh, this looks like it may be a shower, and you mm -hmm. need to pull those clothes, or you don't put them out in the first place. Or Yeah, that's I'm trying to go to that system. Don't yeah. put them out in the first place if I think it's going to rain. <laughs> exactly, and we're doing pretty, pretty well about yeah. that. But the clothes dryer sucks down a lot of power. We figure somewhere between $15 and $20 a month we were mm -hmm. paying for the electric dryer when we were yeah. using it and then of course the killer appliance is that heat pump right but we're using it sparingly and in fact i was just up in the lodge a few minutes ago and it was off and it just feels fine up there. it feels so. fine up there that's like 82 degrees in the lodge 
and that feels fine. So let's talk about some strategies. It's easy enough for Lee and Amanda to sit here and say, you know, with our with our building design, we don't need to run the heat pump at all. And we don't. We're very comfortable mm-hmm. here in the barn with no air conditioning. But if you're stuck in one of those houses that does require a heat pump, and I understand that many of you are, there are still some things that you can do that will help. Um, I would say whenever you're going to be gone for any period of time, either turn it off or turn that thermostat way up in the summer, way down in the yeah, winter. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, certainly if you live in a climate where at least you get a nice spring and a nice fall, if you have screens in your windows, just open it up and enjoy the outdoor Do without breezes. the heat pump yeah. just as long as you possibly can and work toward doing out, doing without it a little longer each year. Mm-hmm. See if you can't get by um, without using it. As warm as you can stand it in the summer, as cold as you can stand it in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can stand it a lot warmer than you think in the summer, and you can stand it a lot colder than you think in the winter. We humans are much more adaptable to um, changes in temperature and wide variations in temperature than we mm-hmm. realize. In the fossil fuel age, we have all become accustomed to thermostats that keep the temperature in this narrow comfort band, and we've all convinced ourselves that it must be in that band in order for us to survive, but we're just wrong. We can we can yeah. live with pretty wide variations, and as you know, we do live with wide variations. Yes, um, um, and, and I guess the way you deal with that is you you learn to get used to it again you learn to experience the way a room feels without air conditioning on and again we have the advantage of having this really good design that keeps it from heating up the way a house with either that isn't designed to keep the sun out or that has um poor insulation sure or you know or lacks fans you know we have these nice ceiling fans that really cool things off and so. that's probably another, that brings us to the subject of ceiling fans. Let's dwell on it for a moment. I don't know of any reason why anybody should turn on an air conditioner unless they have a ceiling fan and it's on full blast first. You know, if, if you're not running a ceiling fan on full blast, then you have no business turning on the air conditioner. And if you don't have an, a ceiling fan installed, by all means, get one. They're not that expensive. They're really cheap. They're easy to install. They don't use a lot of electricity. And our ceiling fans, you know, this is strictly uh, anecdotal. I don't have any empirical knowledge to share with you. But to my, in my estimation, they knock 5 or 10 degrees off the temperature as our bodies perceive it. It's just right. remarkable. We're sitting in here right now with the ceiling fan, and I don't know how warm it is in here. It's probably up in the high 80s. It really feels pretty cool underneath the fan, so I'm... Yeah, it um, feels delightful yeah. in here. So, so, yeah, that means if it's if it's 85 degrees outside and you have your ceiling fan on, you could act conceivably have the feeling that it's 75 degrees. Exactly. It feels great. Yeah. 
and it's a and it costs a lot less than getting a heat pump to bring the temperature down to 75 degrees. Well, I know it's kind of hard to be thinking about this right now in early August, but it won't be too long before winter will arrive. Well, yeah. I, I suppose we'll have a winter this year. I don't well, know. Well, yes, let us all <laughs> hope for a winter this year. And, of course, we kept warm the past several winters here using our wood stove. That has that worked well, we'll to, as far as we know, will continue to work well. Um, if you don't have a wood stove... Um, there are certainly some things you can do. The, the nice thing about a wood stove is that we it's carbon neutral. Um, mm-hmm. We're not using any fossil fuels, and we're not doing anything by burning wood that wouldn't happen naturally by oxidation over time. So um, it's a great way for us to stay warm here in the barn. And, of course, we're doing the same thing up in the lodge. We, we do have that heat pump in the lodge, but it is our hope and expectation that we will use it little or none in the wintertime and that we will be able to use the wood stove to keep the lodge yeah. warm. So we'll have to see how that goes. And, of course, we have the passive solar design that we've mentioned before, too, whereby in the wintertime, the, the, at the sun's angle, it will come through those south-facing windows and warm up the room. Makes all the difference in the world. I think I've already mentioned a couple of times when you and I were gone to California two years ago, it was that cold, cold December. And those of you who live outside the South, you're going to giggle when I tell you what cold, cold means to us. But by Southern standards, by Central Alabama standards, it was a very cold December. It went down to about 17 degrees. Well, here in the apartment, even though it went down to 17 degrees outside, it never got below 48 degrees here in the apartment. And that yeah. was because of that passive solar design. Right. We had those those windows wide open. And that was no wood mm-hmm. stove at all. You know, we were gone. I was going to say, we, weren't, we were not here to burn wood. So we know. And, of course, when we are here and burning the wood, it just heats up in no time. It's so quick the way... Um, our and and we do not becomes... spare the wood in the wintertime. We do not like to be cold. And um, when that wood stove is going, it'll run on up to 80 degrees in here. And we're usually pleased for it to do so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, tell, tell us about that email that you receive every day from Central Alabama. And I commend this electric to you. Co-op. If you are trying to watch your electric power usage Chances are you, your utility will do for you what ours does for us. I signed up early on, and every day I get an email telling me what our power usage was yesterday. I cannot stress enough how valuable that is. What happens is, you know, we had one day when it was $10. Our, our power mm-hmm. usage was $10. And it was an alert for us. And sure enough, I went up and looked in the lodge, and we had the heat pump going and a window open. Hmm. Well, that that explains it. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll use that much power if you have the, the heat pump going with the windows open. And as soon as we got that problem corrected, we got the power usage back down. And it's also been useful, uh, like we've had a couple of days when we had a lot of use of the electric dryer. Mm-hmm. And I was able to say, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And you can see, you know, instead of a less than a dollar a day, which is our sort of typical, mm-hmm. 
it might be two and a half or three dollars. Right, you can tell. So, well, it's yeah. certainly good to keep track of how much energy we use and to try to plan for the future, which, as we've talked about, probably means we won't have access to as much uh, fossil fuel and energy as we've had in the past. So it's good that we're learning some conserving methods, and I hope that we can, we've can we helped our listeners with uh, what hope we've so been too. able to share. Yeah, everything we do is designed to prepare us for a time when um, electricity is both more expensive and less reliable. Uh, and that's, you know, we have redundant systems and so forth so that we can get by without electricity when we have to. And I encourage you to be thinking along the same lines. Well, this has been a good conversation. We hope to see you and visit with you again next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.